Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Greetings. I hope you're doing fantastic. I hope that you've listened to every podcast this month as I've kind of put the pieces together of what goes into a career decision. What what factors do you want to consider? And today we're going to bring it all together. So we're going to kind of tie everything up with a nice bow, I hope. I want to remind you to please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. I also want to remind you about the free five-day course on finding your professional purpose that I am offering, which includes a motivated skills activity, a card sort, a values card sort, and also just a lot of other really great content. So that opt-in URL is exclusivecareercoaching.com backslash professional purpose five, F-I-V-E, day course. All right, so today we're going to kind of bring all this together. So we've, we've talked about motivated skills. We've talked about personality preferences using the framework of the Myers-Briggs. We've talked about core values, and we've talked about areas of expertise. And once again, I want to remind you, we're talking about macro level, micro level, and micro, micro level. So on the macro level, you're using this self-information to inform the career path that you choose. And statistically, people are changing career fields four to six times in the lifespan of their career. So if you think about working from kind of 22 to whatever, you're making a a significant career change, an entire career change about once every decade. It also informs the individual jobs, which you're likely to have 10 to 12 of in your lifespan of your career. So you're using the self-information to evaluate the fit of various job opportunities. And then on the micro-micro level, you're using the self-information in terms of what do I volunteer for? What do I not volunteer for? What do I want to communicate to my boss so that he or she will match me as well as, as possible with the things that I love to do and that I'm really good at? So we're going to bring everything together. So let's let's define everything one more time. So motivated skills are those things that you are both very good at and enjoy doing. Those are motivated skills. If if you are doing work that you are very good at but don't enjoy doing, those are called burnout skills. And, and the more that you have to do those skills at work, the more burnout you're going to be. So you're not getting any pleasure from it. It's just going to suck the life right out of you. So a few examples of motivated skills from the card sort activity that I mentioned as part of the free five-day course is writing, presentation skills, customer service, working with numerical data, research, mechanical reasoning, troubleshooting, teaching, and planning. Those are all motivated skills. The next one is personality. So we use the framework of the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, or MBTI, I'm a master practitioner of that tool, and it measures your personality preferences on four scales, four preference pairs, and then you end up with one of 16 possible personality types. So the MBTI is identifying your innate preferences, the things you were born with, no one taught you, um, when you get to do things exactly the way you want to, what is your preference? So the preference pairs of the Myers-Briggs, you've got extroversion which is versus introversion, which is your orientation to the outer world, where you get your energy from. 
sensing versus intuition, which is your preferred way of taking in information and the type of information that you prefer to take in. Thinking versus feeling, which is your preferred decision-making style, how you make decisions. And then judging versus perceiving, which is how you order your inner world. So that's the Myers-Briggs. That was, that was week two of this month. Week three of this month was the core values. So we looked at what is most important to you in a, an employer, a work environment, and the specific work that you're doing. So when you identify those non-negotiable uh, values, it helps you to align your career choice with what's most important to you. And you're not dissuaded or, or um, you're not confused by kind of the shiny pennies that an employer might offer. You're very clear on this. Is, these are my non-negotiables. I must have these no matter what else they offer me. If they don't have these things present in this work or in this career, I don't want to go in it. So a few sample values include utilize physical strength and coordination, utilize courage and take risks, utilize creativity and originality, opportunity for advancement, ability to do a job as efficiently as possible, receive recognition for accomplishments, ability to exert power and influence, higher than average financial rewards. So again, that five-day course has a values card sort in there as well as a motivated card sort. And that URL is exclusivecareercoaching.com backslash professional purpose five, F-I-V-E, day course. All right, so then last week we talked about areas of expertise, which is really what you're really good at. And if you're just getting out of college, your areas of expertise are pretty, probably pretty vague. Um, and you might feel like it's even a stretch to call them areas of expertise. I define that as being a higher than average ability in that area. And I also talked about the areas of expertise are kind of subsets of your motivated skill. So you have a motivated skill, and I'm going to give you some examples. Um, so, for, for example, one of them might be writing, which is defined as possessing, possessing excellent writing skills, ability to create business or technical documents, correspondence and other effective written communications and then if you get a job in a public relations office of a company where you have to write a lot of press releases then your area of expertise within that skill of writing becomes press releases it could just as easily be an area of expertise on writing reports writing technical documents editing technical documents those those would all be areas of expertise that you could choose to develop under that broad skill of writing all right, so let's put all this together. I've got some case studies for you, right? So number one, we've got Danielle. So Danielle is a 25-year-old college graduate who studied communications in college and has been working in the entertainment industry since graduating. She's looking to make a career change because she finds her current field to be too competitive and not meaningful enough work for her. So she's not getting that sense of meaning. So Danielle's top five motivated skills are writing, public relations, organization, creative or imaginative with ideas, and decision making. So those are her skills, motivated skills. She's really good at them and she loves doing them. Her personality type is an ENFJ, extroverted, intuitive, feeling, judging. So I want to give you a description of an ENFJ. They are imaginative harmonizers, and they are at their best when winning people's cooperation with insight into their needs. They value having a wide circle of relationships, 
having a positive, enthusiastic view of life, seeing subtleties in people and interactions, understanding others' needs and concerns, an active, energizing social life, seeing possibilities in people, follow through on important projects, working on several projects at once, caring and imaginative problem solving, maintaining relationships to make things work, shaping organizations to better serve members, and caring, compassion, and tactfulness. Her core values are utilizing creativity and imagination, ability to help and serve others, close relationships with coworkers, working on multiple projects simultaneously, and flexibility in work schedule. So that's a lot of information. So if you want to look at that, I encourage you to look at the show notes and that'll have everything laid out for you. So I want you to think about all that information and what does that sound like in terms of how you would coach Danielle. So here's what we talked about. First of all, Danielle needs a, a career that is meaningful to her in a way that so she can help other people while utilizing her creativity. So she needs both of those things. I want to help people and I want to be able to use my creativity. She wants freedom in her work hours. So her feeling is strong that as long as I get the work done, it shouldn't matter when I do it. And she likes wearing multiple hats. So one of the things we talked about was that a startup, a small startup would be a good fit for her because a lot of times in startups, you get to wear a lot of different hats. So Danielle decided to pursue a career in nonprofit marketing. So she wanted to find a nonprofit. She actually had some that she was very um, passionate about, which was in the fitness field, um, especially with children, and doing marketing for them, right? So marketing that nonprofit to you know parents of those children or what or whatever the case may be. All right, so that's Danielle. Let's talk about Brandon. So Brandon has just graduated from college with a degree in business, but he has no idea where he wants to go with that. He interned at Enterprise Rent-A-Car while he was in college, and he liked the variety of the work, uh, but he didn't like the frontline management. He didn't feel like, as an intern, he needed to be in a position of supervising people yet. And he also didn't like... There, there wasn't enough structure for him in the internship, but he did like the sales aspect of it. So Brandon's top five motivated skills are selling, negotiating, customer service, working with numerical data, planning, and detail management. I think that was actually six. <laughs> and Brandon's personality preferences were ESTJ. So he is an extroverted, sensing, thinking, judging. Let me tell you what that means. ESTJs are fact-minded, practical organizers who are at their best when they can take charge and set things in logical order. They value results, doing and acting, planned, organized work and play, common sense, practicality and usefulness, consistency with standard procedures, deciding quickly and logically, having things settled and closed, orderliness, Rules, objective standards, and fairness, task-focused behavior, directness, tough-mindedness, systematic structure and efficiency, scheduling and monitoring, protecting what works. Brandon's core values are he wants to be open for advancement. He wants the ability to do the job as efficiently as possible. He wants a highly structured work environment work that mentally challenges him, and he wants, to do, he wants to perform clearly defined tasks. 
So what Brandon and I talked about, again, he liked the sales aspect of his internship with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. And he's also had some part-time jobs where sales was kind of a piece of it, and he liked that. And he likes the idea of being highly compensated for superior performance in sales. You know, you get paid more if you do a better job. But what he didn't like about sales is the unpredictability of it. He, he There's not a lot of structure to that. The income isn't consistent, and, and he loves structure. So... One of the top careers for ESTJs are business administrator. So he liked the administrative aspects of that internship with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. And he felt like as he got older, he wouldn't mind supervising people. It's just that it felt awkward to be put in that position as an intern. So he decided to pursue jobs as a sales compensation analyst. So he's actually working in almost a human resources kind of job where he's analyzing compensation plans and making sure that his company's salespeople are compensated um, in a way that is fair and equitable within the company, but also competitive with other companies. And he felt like that there would be a lot of structure in that and he could um, use his research skills to attract and retain top-notch talent. And so from there, Brandon could see himself moving into other kinds of business administration roles as long as they have that structure within them. All right, so that's Brandon. Number three, I got one more for you, Sadie. So Sadie has been out of college for about eight years, and she majored in psychology. She initially thought she would get her Ph.D. in psychology, but as she went through undergrad, she just decided that wasn't for her. So she completed with a bachelor's degree and got a job in human resources as a generalist so she was doing some hiring, some benefits work, and all kinds of just personnel stuff, insurance, and all of that. She liked the variety of the work, but she didn't love the constraints around how she could help the employees. She felt very limited in that regard. She stayed in that job for three years, right out of college. And the next job that Sadie had was also in human resources at a larger company where she specialized in recruiting employees. So she liked the feeling that she was helping people, that was that felt better than the previous job, but she didn't like the large career fairs and the other large recruiting events. She found that very draining. And then most recently, she's worked as a recruiter for a recruiting company. So she's out there recruiting employees for other companies. This has kind of been a step back, which is why she reached out to me. She felt overwhelmed by the volume of people. People were always reaching out to her for jobs, and she had to always be reaching out to people and make a volume of contacts every day that was really feeling overwhelmed for her. So she's ready for a complete change. So Sadie's top motivated skills are writing, counseling, negotiating, performance improvement, and creativity or imagination with ideas. So there's that counseling piece that is very related to her degree in psychology. She also likes that negotiating performance and peace, which she's gotten from her human resource experience. Sadie's Myers-Briggs type is INFP, introverted, intuitive, feeling, perceiving. Here's the description of that. INFPs are imaginative, independent helpers at their best when their inner ideals are expressed through helping people. They value harmony in the inner life of ideas, harmonious work settings or working individually, seeing big picture possibilities, creativity, curiosity, exploring, helping people find their potential, 
giving ample time to reflect on decisions, adaptability and openness, compassion and caring, attention to feelings, work that lets them express their idealism, gentle, respectful interactions, showing appreciation and being appreciated, and close, loyal friends. Sadie's core values are helping and serving others, ability to teach and train, ability to give ideas, input suggestions, a quiet workspace, and an unstructured open environment. So what happened with Sadie was we talked about the fact that she was considering a master's in counseling so she could become a certified counselor, but the sticking point for her was that because she was out on her own working, with a counseling program, a master's in counseling, you have to take a semester minimum and work full time um, in an often in an unpaid setting to get your credentials as a counselor. So that was a real sticking point for her. She also didn't feel like the counseling environment, it was so highly regulated that it wouldn't allow as much creativity as she'd like to use. So she just mentioned to me she was kind of interested in being a coach. And she knew that I was a certified coach. And so we talked about that. And I was able to educate her on the types of coaching out there, the industry as a whole, and kind of what she could look for in, you know, proceeding to find a coaching school that she could go to. So she had some homework to do. So I sent her away with some homework. And when she came back, she was really excited about becoming a life coach. So we drilled it down a little bit further because she wasn't, I mean, that's not very specific. And she decided that what she wanted to do was coach recruiters to become better at what they do. So she'd been out in the recruiting world. She saw what worked and what didn't. She was very, um, had a lot of ideas about how she could improve that industry. And so when we got, when we drilled down to that level, she got super excited about being a coach of recruiters. And she knew she could help improve that industry. So she found a coaching program that she liked and signed up. And then she went through the certification pro pro process and was able to keep her job as a recruiter. And so, you know, this was because of the nature of coaching programs. She didn't have to quit her job and go do an internship. But she also liked the fact that she could start to kind of cultivate while she was working as a recruiter. She could cultivate her clientele for when she became a coach of recruiters. And we talked about how to leverage that and how to make the most of that. And that really helped her, that improved her um, her opinion, her attitude towards her current job because she saw it as a means to an end and she saw that practicality of, I'm in the field, I'm working around the people that I'm going to be coaching and I can build my practice now. So I hope that these three case studies have given you some ideas about how all of this comes together. If it seems totally overwhelming to you, I get that. And that's why people who come to me and want to work with me one-on-one -on -one or in a group coaching program because they want that help, that individualized support to kind of make sense out of all of this. Um, so I, I hope you've enjoyed this whole month of work on all of these pieces that go into the career decision-making process. And if you have questions, don't, don't hesitate to reach out and ask. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. It would mean the world to me if you would hook me up with a five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it. And one more time, the five-day free Finding Your Professional Purpose course, the URL is exclusivecareercoaching.com backslash, oh, let me look real quick, I don't want to miss it, 
Professional Purpose 5, F-I-V-E, day course. I'm going to make sure I got it right for you. So exclusivecareercoaching.com slash professional purpose, F-I-V-E, day course. Have a fantastic week. I'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.